0: This is Devin from I Can Relate. This is Chidera from I Can Relate.
1: This is Riley from I can Relate.
2: This is Hudson from I Can Relate.
1: <laughs> it took so much to not say, and you're watching Disney Channel. No, I was
0: literally, like trying so I Can Relate, a podcast for teens, about teens, and by teens, is presented by Lee Summit Cares. Lee Summit Cares mobilizes community partners to develop a culture of physical and mental wellness for Lee Summit youth and families that inspires positive, healthy choices. Lee Summit Cares is currently seeking youth in grades eight through 12 who are passionate about advocating for a healthy lifestyle among their peers. For more information or to apply, visit lscares.org. Okay, awesome.
3: Hi everyone. This is the podcast I can relate, and I'll introduce everyone right now. I'm Devin Lejean. We have Shadara Ogbuor, Hudson Riley, and our special guest today is Mr. Campbell, the principal at S- SRA. So in today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about empathy, and we just think that this is a super important topic for teenagers just to learn and understand, um, especially to know the difference between sympathy and empathy. Um, and we also, the biggest thing that we want everyone to understand today is. it doesn't matter where you come from, who you are, that everyone struggles and that you need to have that same kind of love and empathy for every person. So the person we're interviewing today is Mr. Campbell, the principal at SRA. And Mr. Campbell, we wanted you to talk a little bit about what SRA is, um, how you became the principal there, and a little bit about your backstory. That'd be great.
4: Thank you. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on today. Um, I'm very excited to uh, be with you and would be happy to share a little bit about me. So I am... Currently the principal at SRA, which is Summit Ridge Academy. Summit Ridge Academy is the alternative program for the, district, for the Lee Summit R7 school district. Um, we currently have students from all three high schools and all three middle schools who attend Summit Ridge. Um, the vast majority of those students um, chose to come to Summit Ridge um, for a variety of reasons. Um, we we do offer the opportunity for kids to get caught back up on credit. So if a, if a student were to fall behind, um, need to get caught back up, that's our uh, primary focus for us. Um, it's also a smaller program. So it allows um, for those students who maybe have struggled traditional in a traditional looking high school program um, to be in a little smaller place where we can provide a little bit more uh, adult one on one small group type of instruction or support. Um, and so we we have about one hundred and thirty students in our program at any given time. And um, so again, that's split up amongst our three high schools and three middle schools. Um, really, I think the thing that um, that I'm most proud of, at Summit Ridge is the work that we have done over the past, and when I say we are our, our entire staff, have done over the past several years around trauma-informed or trauma-sensitive uh, uh, approach, um, which basically means that we recognize that kids bring things to school with them each day that maybe make school not the most important thing. Um, and we have worked very hard to build in supports uh, to meet those needs so that we can get the focus back on school and we can make school the most important thing. Um, and so that's been exciting. Uh, A little bit about my background I was a um, as as you noted I was a Lee Summit High School graduate class of 1990 um, back when there was only one high school in Lee Summit Um, and uh, as a kid growing up um, life was not exactly always sunshine and roses uh, at the Campbell household Um, I was a kid who didn't really care for school a whole lot uh, especially in grades and, and uh, through relationships with a lot of amazing educators, um, coaches, and support people, um, and some family. We, uh, we and I say we, uh, we were able to get me through school. Um, graduated in 1990, um, had the opportunity to go on college and play basketball. Um, still played basketball at Culver Stockton College for four years and got my degree. Um, and so from there, I became a teacher. Um, my initial teaching responsibilities were working with special education students, um, and I did that for ten years. Um, I did that in several places, and my last teaching responsibilities were in Lee Summit at Lee Summit West. Um, and so I taught there for a couple of years before I became an administrator. I went to at that point. I went to Harrisonville. Um, Harrisonville High School I was an assistant principal at Harrisonville for two years and the high school principal there for six Um, it was during that time that i recognized and kind of figured out my why Um, and my why has always been working with kids who would maybe weren't successful in that traditional program um, who would be deemed at risk or whatever term you want to use but would be deemed at risk for not graduating and so the opportunity presented itself for me to come back to Lee Summit and be part of Summit Ridge Academy, and I jumped at that opportunity, and I've been there. This is my fifth year there, so been, um, and it's been an amazing five years. So that's a little bit of my backstory, um, and a little bit about me professionally, and a little bit about Summit Ridge.
3: That's awesome. So how has empathy really affected your relationships with students?
4: Well, I think if you look at the definition of empathy and you'll find different definitions, you know, depending on where you look, you really, in my mind is the ability to put yourself in another person's shoes, take another person's perspective, um, understand that where they come from influences, what they come, where they come from and what they're dealing with influences, all the decisions that they make. Um, we talk about at, we We talk a lot about the perception loop um, and so we understand the the concept that our perceptions are the way we view the world through our past experiences, through our current situation. Um, and so when we have certain perceptions, specifically around school, um, those perceptions lead to thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And so if we've had if we've had negative experiences at school, that's going to lead to negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions about school. Negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions lead to oftentimes negative behaviors, negative behaviors, typically end up receiving some form of negative consequence, which then just reinforces that whole loop. You know, we use that term perception loop. And so we find that our students are oftentimes caught in that loop. Um, And so I think being able to understand that and help them understand that so that we can get them out of that loop is what allows for students to kind of break free of that negative thought process um, and to do that, we have to have empathy. We have to understand that, you know, initially when they first come to us, they're not gonna have probably the best attitude about school. They're not gonna have the highest level of self-esteem um, or thoughts of themselves as students. And so our job is to empathize with them, understand their perspective, and then hopefully help, them, help, help to give them a different view Um, And the way we do that is through giving them a better experience. We talk, I I say it all the time, you know, our job is to give kids a different look at school. Um, And the way we do that is through first understanding who they are and getting to know them. Um, Relationships are essential in that process. And then helping them craft a new experience um, so that they have that positive feeling.
0: Um, I recently just came across this article that stated that American adults lack empathy today. So how do you, do you agree with that statement? And how do you think that um, that can affect younger generations like us teens in our adulthood?
4: I don't know that I, I don't, I'm always hesitant when it comes to blanket statements like that. um, To say that American adults lack empathy, I think would be inaccurate and unrepresentative of the large number of American adults who do empathize and do have the ability to do that. Do I think we do it enough? No. Um, do I think it is a focus because we're so caught up sometimes in our own world and, and doing the doing things for ourselves that we forget to empathize with others. And I think sometimes it can be, um, you know, we can take a, a very broad approach to empathy. I, I think one area of empathy that we don't necessarily always embrace it you know typically when you think of empathy you think of people who are less fortunate who are marginalized who are you know you know live on the fringe of society and we have to we have to experience empathy for them but we also need to empathize with others who maybe just don't even share our viewpoint um and i can think of you know unfortunately the political world that we live in now you know it's either you either agree with me or you're wrong well that's that's a place where we could employ empathy and being able to listen to others and their points of view. Um, not necessarily agree. It doesn't mean that we always have to agree with everyone, but it, but the ability to just listen to others and say, you know what, you make a good point. And I can see why you would believe that that to me is empathy as well. Um, and so I think some of that probably leads to that statement of It's like any other statement. I've heard people say, oh, you know, today's generation of students, they don't want to work hard and they want everything handed to them. And I know that's false because I work with kids every single day that want nothing more than the ability to just come to school and be successful and work hard. Um, But I can see where, you know, we live in a society where, where it's kind of a cancel culture type of society. You're either all one thing or you're not. Um, and we don't operate sometimes in those shades of gray that we know probably are where most of us live most of our life. Um, and so I, th- so I think there is I think there is some truth to that statement, but to say that I think all adults lack empathy, all is, is probably an overreach.
0: I definitely agree with that. Um, how do you think that people can better empathize? And why do you think it's hard for some people to show empathy?
4: That's a great question. I think, I think empathy is hard because number one, not at it, it's hard for somebody to put themselves out there in a position to empathize when maybe they haven't experienced some things. Um, and so that requires a little bit of a reach for people. Um, I, I think really the, the basis of empathy in my opinion is the ability just to listen. Um, and that can be, that can be a challenge. And so, and, and, not necessarily listening to have a response, but sometimes listening just to understand. Um, unfortunately, we're, we feel, I, I think a lot of adults, like, well, if I, if I listen to a student talk about their situation, then I'm obligated to respond or I'm obligated to give them a solution. And that's not always the case. Sometimes we just need to be heard. Um, sometimes kids just want to tell their story. Um, and know that there are adults, or there are people, or there are other kids that get their story. Um, And so I think that that can create some challenges, this feeling that we have to, if we listen to someone, we have to offer a solution to their, whatever it is that they're dealing with. And I don't know that that's always the case. Um, I think empathy can also be hard because it requires that we enter into those situations open-minded and willing to hear you know, to me, there's two. There's we can hear we can hear someone and we can listen to someone. Um, you know, anybody can listen to someone talk, um, but do you actually really hear what they're saying? Um, and I think that requires active listening. It's not something that I think a lot of people are very comfortable with. Um, but it's amazing when you actually just listen. I mean, I, I can tell you that in my in my job, sitting in my office, when I have the opportunity to talk to kids. Um, those conversations are usually, at least initially, pretty one-sided, meaning the kids doing a lot of talking. And I'm just, I'm just trying to hear what they're saying. Because you can say things, but there are those hidden meanings and there are those, things, those underlying things that we need to be listening for. And I think getting better at that is a huge step in the direction of becoming more empathic, being able to hear another person's words and their points of view, not not to cast judgment, not to solve a problem, but just to hear what they have to say. Um, And so I think that's a big, I think that's what can be a little uncomfortable for some people. Great question.
0: And especially since we live in the digital age today, do you think that's harder for other people to listen to others?
4: Yes, because everything is so fast. It's a, it's a 10 word text. Think about Twitter. You know, I don't know if you guys use Twitter or not, but Twitter, you know, 140 characters, you got to get your point across in 140 characters and everything seems to move at such a fast pace um, that we want that immediate. We want that immediate gratification. We want that immediate bit of information. Oh, I don't know the answer. I'm just going to get on my phone and look it up and boom, I have it right there at my fingertips. It's not always that easy when we deal with people. Um, there's not always a quick answer. Um, I can tell you from 24, 25 years of experience in the job of educator, um, rarely do we get a quick fix when it comes to anything related to kids. Um, a lot, It takes a lot of time, it takes an investment and it takes some patience for them to, because ultimately when I've seen the greatest change in people, it's when they figured it out for themselves with a little bit of guidance, with a little bit of help here and there Um, But most kids that I've worked with, if you just let them talk, they will, they can talk themselves through a lot of the things that they're going through um, if we give them the chance to do that. But in this digital age where everything has to be boom, 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 um, that's a challenge. Um, And so I think we we want that quick fix and there's not always a quick fix.
3: Absolutely. Something I really loved that, Mr. Campbell, that you stated before was that not everyone needs to, needs advice or needs a solution or needs a plan. It's just someone that they need someone just to sit back and listen to. And I think a really great example of that for me would be when my brother moved out, you know, he's um, 19 now, he moved out and he kind of, uh, we it didn't see him for a long time because, you know, he was just working, doing his own thing and he came back and he was really um, kind of, he grew up. And for me, for a while, it was really hard to kind of digest that situation that he, you know, was a grown-up and has grown up. Um, but I had to have empathy and understand that that's the way life is and people grow and change. It was good change. So I definitely think, I'm sure you see, like, so do you see that with your students as well? You know, talking to them and saying, and, you know, do you have to kind of put that into their minds that you have to, understand that people are going to grow and change and I feel like that's a huge part of empathy so i was just wondering do you see that with your students as well?
4: Absolutely and one of the big messages that I have for my students so I interview every kid that comes to Summit Ridge Um, uh, prior to them starting at school they have to come in for an interview and that interview really is the beginning of relationship building I mean it's a get to know you it's not an interview in the traditional sense of oh they've got to answer questions a certain way in order to get into Summit Ridge that's not the case it's more of a get to know it's a welcome interview. Hey, tell me your story. Tell me what's going on with you. Tell me how, where you've struggled in the past. What are your strengths and weaknesses? Tell, me, you know, tell me what's gotten you to this point um, because of that relationship piece. And and it's always interesting to me that I hear. Well, students will say quite often, "Oh, I'm I stink at school. School's never been my thing. Um, you know, all these things. Very, you know, negative self talk in a lot of cases." and one one of the messages that i have is that you know you got to be patient with yourself you know you've things have happened to you to get you where you are now you have to allow things to happen on the positive side to allow you to be successful and and give yourself give yourself a little bit of credit um and so yeah absolutely it's 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 about growth and to there's really no great way to measure it other than to see and hear the way kids talk about themselves differently when they leave us versus when they first come to us. Um, And that's really a credit to the daily work that my teachers do, that the students do, because they have to invest. I mean, at the end of the day, we can't want it worse than they do. Um, They have to do the work, they have to put in the time, they have to still meet the expectations, but along the way, trying to give them a different experience to allow them to be successful. So yeah, it's. It's huge and I, I, I always, when I have the opportunity to talk about our program, I always talk about that day at graduation, um, when I get the opportunity to go to the three, the, in, a, in a typical year, the three different ceremonies that happen at our three high school um, and get to stand at the back and see our kids, my kids walk through the line the looks on their faces and the confidence that they have and and the smiles and that feeling of success is why I do what I do.
1: As someone who's probably seen a lot of people who are pretty motivated, but probably also a lot of kids who aren't really motivated and stuff and like talking with adults and stuff, what would you recommend for like us to talk to our friends and stuff, try and emphasize with them?
4: Well, I think, I think the first thing, if you're talking about people who are unmotivated, What's the, what's the cause for being unmotivated? Um, is it lack of success? Is it not having a vision for your future? Um, not knowing what you want to do or where you want to go? Is it your situation? I mean, I think there are a lot of factors that lead to that lack of motivation in kids. Um, you know, we, we, we need to have our basic needs met first. And so if we're not getting our basic needs met, then obviously that's going to pull our attention away from all those other things um, and I would, and I would say, you know, lack of motivation to one may not be lack of motivation to the other. We can't, we can't, we have to be very. Part of being empathic is that we have the ability to listen and put ourselves in someone else's in someone else's shoes. And so, what may appear to you as lack of motivation may not necessarily be lack of motivation. It may be something else. And so, being able to just provide that that non-judgmental, open ear. For your friends, classmates, someone to talk to, and just to have someone to share what's going on with them, um, I think is huge. Um, my, the big thing for us is a big thing for us at Summit Ridge is that helping students find their own motivation. I can't impose motivate. Uh, what's your motive? Well, I'm going to motivate you to graduate high school. Well, that doesn't always work what's your motivation tell me why you're here tell me what you want to get out of this situation um we got to get help kids to start owning their own decision making i mean i go back to my own situation i could have i could have very easily been a statistic Um, like i said earlier i did not care about school one bit because of what was going on at home Um, home was not good for me and so when i went to school um it was it was an escape from the bad situation I was in at home, but I was not motivated by anything other than just being away from home. And it took relationships from people, it took, a te- took teachers and coaches, and a variety of other people to convince me that I needed to be my own source of motivation. That I couldn't be doing, I couldn't do it for others. I had to do it for myself, um, and that helped. And so that was what was able to allow me to see beyond and not feel like I was a victim. Um, And that's hard when you have people living in tough situations and going through difficult times. It's hard not to see yourself as a victim. Um, It took me a long time to get to that point, but, you know, I look back on that now and I, I see all of that stuff that happened to me as a, as a kid growing up both positive and negative as part of my story. Um, And I have, Learn to own that story, and I almost see my story kind of as a gift now, because I can put myself in the shoes of a kid that's going through difficult times at home that doesn't have the greatest home life um, that may not have the things that other kids had uh, had to work uh for you know for a lot of things that a lot of kids just don't have to work for nowadays and um, but I see that as a gift now um, it allows me to be empathic with kids who are going through similar situations at home. And and the thing that I've learned is that kids know um, when I say that I've been through it and we can have those conversations, they, they know um, that, yeah, I actually went through it. And, and those are things that, if I can overcome those things, so can you. So.
3: So do you believe that, you know, you growing up and having a, a kind of a difficult childhood and just having having a difficult time at home, do you believe that that's allowed you to be more empathetic, but also um, have a better understanding of what other students and what, not even just your students, but people around you are going through?
4: Yeah, I can tell you that first and foremost, I don't think a story like that is a prerequisite to being empathic. I think people who grow up in very good homes that have things, everything that they need, all their needs are met, can be very empathic as well. I just think it has afforded me a unique perspective um, when it comes to working with students and with people in general. Um, I am, I am not, I don't, I'm not a person who judges very quickly. Um, I, because I know that, you know, the minute I cast judgment on someone, I'm going to find out something that, is going to change my perspective on those per- on those people and so that's why that relate that that interview with kids is important that getting to know people is so important and, and you hear me say tell me your story or let get let me get to know your story a little bit um that allows me to um have a perspective um on situations and on things that maybe um, that others aren 't, so yeah, I think definitely going through those things uh, changed the way i out my outlook on on um, dealing with people. Um, it had a significant impact on my chosen career path. Um, I tried for years to talk myself out of being an educator, but I kind of knew um, that that 's where I needed to be and um, doing what i 'm doing now, um, and so you know if you can find that thing that allows you to go get up every day and put on your clothes and 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 it not be going to work but going to something that you're passionate about uh, and that's something that i am very passionate about um, the opportunity to work with people and help kids because if if it wasn't if it wasn't for several adults and i can name those people um i probably wouldn't be sitting where i'm sitting today
1: as someone who seems like stories are a big part of you are how do you think kids who go to Summit Ridge compared to the other high schools, their stories impact them compared to our stories impacting
4: us? Well, I think, I mean, I think there are obviously kids at Summit Ridge that have, you know, have stories that aren't, you know, the typical, you know, everything's great, I've got everything I need stories, but there are kids that that are over there that have all those things too. I think that, I think story, um, and I think our stories absolutely impact Uh, The way we look at things, the way we approach things. Um, So, again, I don't. I'm not. The last thing you're gonna get me to do is stereotype the kid at Summit Ridge because I've got 130 kids over there, and I've got 130 different stories. Um, And so, what we look for are common threads and ways that we can help kids. Um, And sometimes it's not. It's just about embracing your story um, and understanding that. Okay, this happened. So, what are we gonna do about it? Um, Instead of like I said earlier, you know, feeling like we're we're a victim um, and have no control, Um, we always have control. Everything is about choice, Um, and that's hard for some kids to wrap their head around because they feel hopeless. Um, They feel, and that, and I can tell you there are kids walking the halls at least Summit West, least Summit North, and least Summit High School who have the exact same feelings. Um, That's not a that's not an exclusive to Summit Ridge problem. Um, A lot of times the differences are supports, um, what we call protective factors, you know, a um, kid walking the hall at Lee Summit Wesley, Summit High, Lee Summit North may have some additional supports in place that a kid that makes their way to Summit Ridge doesn't have, um, or they have, uh, you know, people in their life that are there to support them and help them, um, you know, and there are kids at Summit Ridge that have those things too, um, that are dealing with other things, so again, I, I don't think there's a um i don't think that there's necessarily a profile that you say oh well this is a summit ridge kid and this is a lee summit north lee summit High, Lee summit west kid um i think there are just a, a myriad of things that we look at and um, that's the approach that we take um, i believe i believe i believe and i'll I, I i can't stress this enough i believe every kid is one caring adult away from being a success story um and so hopefully you have multiple and your friends have multiple caring adults. But I think really at the end of the day, it takes one. Um, and so that's the approach we take at Summit Ridge is to try to be that caring adult, um, those caring adults for a kid to get them over the hump, so to speak. Um, you know, I remember, like I said, I can tell you all those people for me, uh, Mr. Lanou, my fifth and sixth grade teacher at Pleasantly Elementary. Uh, Mrs. Smith, my eighth grade math teacher, Coach McDonald, my high school basketball coach, Coach Harrison, my assistant, the assistant coach, and and I could go down a list and name more people that were that caring adult for me um, that allowed me the opportunity to get out of my situation and overcome some of the things that were obstacles for me um, and eventually led to where we are today. So could you be that? Could students be that for each other? You bet. Um, you bet they could. Um, and so we're always looking to foster those relationships, not only amongst adult and student, but also student to student. Um, Cause I think sometimes kids are gonna tell kids things they would never tell an adult in a million years. Um, and you guys probably experience that all the time. And so um, I think your message to those that will listen of being empathic and just listening to your friends and just being there for them can be huge. In that process of helping them overcome whatever they've got going on.
0: Um, what do you think the hardest obstacle is to overcome, um, or to show empathy for one another, whether that be like looks, or age, or religion?
4: Wow, that is a you know I I don't I think it's I think it's people dependent. Um, I think. You know, I think for some religion can be an extremely difficult obstacle to overcome. I think for some it can be race. I think for some it can be uh, sexual orientation. I think for—I mean—I think it's really dependent on the person, and so, and a lot of that comes from you know the way we were raised, our own personal experiences. Um, You know, I, I struggle something that I've always worked very hard um, to overcome. Um, is to what we talked, what you kind of, what Devin kind of led in with is that the, this belief that, oh, well, if you live in a certain area, um, then you should be held to a certain standard because you have all this stuff given to you. Um, And I have to remind myself frequently um, that, okay, can't look at that stuff. Um, None of that matters. Um, At the end of the day, a struggling student is a struggling student. A struggling adult is a struggling adult, no matter where they come from. And so I think there are a lot of factors there. Um, And I think for, I think each individual person has to kind of self-evaluate what are, what are my blind spots? Um, Where do I struggle with being able to give empathy? Um, And it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier with, you know, being empathic over people's beliefs and views and different things like that. Um, Can we accept that others are just going to have a different viewpoint than us? Um, And if we can, and we can hear them and respect their opinion, we may not agree, but respect their opinion, then we can move past that to get on to things that, in my opinion, can be more important, which is helping each other be successful, supporting each other, um, those types of things. What else? Any other questions? I'd like to know kind of how you guys got this thing started. Um, I I think what you're doing is great. Um, and put for kids to hear a voice of their own age, their own classmates. I think this is awesome. I'd love to hear kind of where this originated from and what some of your topics have been. Um,
1: I can take this question if you guys want. Um, So in 2018, you're probably aware of the several suicides that happened within the school district and stuff. Mm -hmm. so um based on that Carrie gray nick and a bunch of other like teachers and stuff and community people started this mental health task force kind of thing to try and just see how we can step in within the schools and try and not rehabilitate but kind of like reach out kind of like what you do in the schools a little bit um and so out of that came like many task force to try and do different things within the, the schools or just the community and stuff. And so myself, Nick, because I'm with a, a youth advisory board with Lisa and Carrie. so me and a few other of the members and then Nick and Carrie Dre were just discussing different ways because I think our topic was like talking about just reaching teens, I think. And so somebody suggested starting up a podcast so that we can just try and reach kids because it's easy for them to just listen and then maybe email us or text us at some point to get that started. So
4: That's awesome. That's awesome. What what are some of the other topics you guys have tackled?
0: We talked about relationships and pressure.
1: Uh, Just, I think one of our more recent episodes or earlier episodes is just Talking about how we can successfully use their voices um, because we feel like there's either too many voices or not enough voices advocating for things. So I think we just need a really good discussion about how us as teams can just reach out in the community and use our voices successfully.
4: Yeah. I'll flip your Sha, um, your question great about what what do you guys think is the hardest thing to be empathic about?
0: For me, I just think in general, just differences as a whole, because for you to put yourself in someone else's position that you can't really relate to or find something in common that you have with that person, it's hard to really understand who they are and how they are just built in general. So. Okay.
1: I think for me, the hardest struggle is finding a difference between understanding and helping a person because you can very much understand a person but you may not be able to help them. I think that's probably the biggest struggle.
3: I think one for me, branching off of you guys is definitely understanding that people come from different places and just because a lot of times I think this is a problem with everyone. A lot of times um, people can kind of see why I'm going through this and what you're going through doesn't seem as bad as what I'm going through. And I think a lot of times you have to kind of take um, that judgment away from being empathetic. And like, like Jadaira said, put yourself in other people's shoes and be like, well, you know what, this is this person's life. They have to live this, live like this every day. I need to understand where they're coming from instead of being like, Oh, I go through this and this and this, or I've gone through this and this and this. So, you know, your struggle isn't as important or isn't as bad as mine when in all actuality, everyone lives a different life. And what could be, um, minuscule to you it could be super, super huge and life-changing for another person?
4: I did, I've, i there's an article, um, if you will indulge me, I will uh, share a little bit about it that I think is pretty good. Um, it's one that I've used with students before. Um, it was written in 2012, so it was, it's a little dated, um, but I think it, it kind of hits on, it's called Six Habits of Empathic People, um, and the author is Roman Kuznarik, I believe is how you pronounce it, uh, but if you type in six habits of empathic people, you'll find it, but I think it's good. And the first four um, are really, really good. Um, And I think they kind of get at what you guys were just talking about. Um, The first habit of highly empathic people is the ability to cultivate curiosity in others. Um, And I think that's big. So that's curiosity takes judgment out of the, out of the picture. Um, And so to me, that's one, just being curious about other people and where they come from and, they've experienced and gets back to that story it's where it's why i put such a heavy focus on you know the story part of things the second one is uh to challenge prejudice and discover commonality um and i think that's obviously something that everyone should be doing all the time um you know we talk about um equity and uh making sure that we are um providing equitable opportunities and 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 supports and access to all of our kids I think that's a big one but to challenge those prejudices that we are oftentimes ingrained with from the time we're born depending on where we live and how we're raised Um, the third one is try another person's life Um, and I think that's that you know walk a mile in someone else's shoes piece Um, I flip that I flip that around on kids a lot um, and I think that's one that um, is has been helpful in conversations that I've had with kids. Okay, so so put yourself in their shoes and tell me what you're or even sometimes with me. Okay, so you're, you now get to be me and you've heard this story. Um, tell me what tell me what I should do. Um, what kids find out is that it's not always as easy to even solve their own problems, let alone be expected to solve other people's problems. So it reiterates the, the importance of listening, um, but put in there, and then that leads right into the fourth one, which is empathic people listen hard and they open up, um, and so it's that ability to listen, not necessarily to respond, but to he- really hear what somebody is saying. Um, Stephen Covey and his Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, you know, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Um, I think is such a big, you know, kind of falls in that same line. The fifth and the sixth one, maybe. Um, and you guys are doing number five, I think, uh, by doing this podcast is inspire mass action and social change. Um, that can be difficult and I think that can be, maybe, maybe feel a little daunting for high school age kids, but trust me, um, you guys have a voice um, and people are ready to listen to you um, if you use that um, effectively. And I think this is a great example of using it effectively. And then the final one is to develop an imagination. Um, and that's that thinking of empathy outside of like what we talked about earlier with just those people who are, you know, it's it maybe is a little easier to empathize with people who are socially marginalized or are living in a difficult situation. Um, but can we also empathize with people who maybe just have a different point of view from us um, and allow that to happen? I I I am in a position, oftentimes as a building principal, where I have to I get to hear what people say. Um, what they believe and what they feel. And I'm not in a position to always respond to that. And that's a good thing. Um, Because you don't need to hear my views politically, you don't need to hear my views about certain things. Um, What I think most people want to hear is the story. And they want to know that there is somebody there that listens. Um, And so though, so it's a good article. Um, I said, it's one that I have in my folder of good articles um, that I've used with kids before when we've had conversations around uh, being empathic and, and experiencing empathy and helping them understand that so maybe a little something to look into and uh, a resource that you could provide for your classmates or whoever else listens to this podcast
0: um, Mr. Campbell, would you agree yeah. that listening is the best component when it comes to showing more empathy
4: listening Yes I think it's vital I think if you if it, it is Yes, it, it may be the most important component um, because if you like I said, if you can't if you you can listen, but if you can't hear um, what they're saying or what they're getting at, then I think it makes it very difficult to really truly empathize with people. So, yes, I think being able to just listen um, and not always feeling like you have to have a response or a solution. Um, so, yeah
1: to piggyback off of that when do you think it's important to not just listen but to jump in and respond I guess
4: okay well I I think the obvious answer to that is when somebody's in danger Um, I think you know if you are talking to a friend or someone that you know or a classmate and they're you know they're you feel like there's an imminent risk that they're going to hurt themselves that they're you know or that they are in a dangerous situation that would be to me a time when you need to Do take some form of action. I mean, that, that's the real obvious one. Um, I think if, you know, let maybe less obvious would be when you're, you know, if you're talking to or working with someone who you feel like you can offer some suggestions to, I mean, I think that's, you know, it comes back to your comfort level, but not until you've heard them. And again, it goes back to that listening piece to hear the whole story to know exactly what's going on. Um, And so You know, the the obvious answer to your question is, you know, if they're in danger um, in any form or fashion, I think that's when you absolutely offer suggestion and or you need to reach out to others who can, maybe you're not qualified to help in that situation, but there are others that are um, and pointing them in the direction of resources, pointing them in the direction of people who can meet their needs and help. And then maybe for that friend um, who you can share uh, common experiences with and maybe share how you were able to, through the help of others, overcome whatever it is that you're going through. Um, but I think, I, again, I think the mistake we often make when we are trying to be empathic is that we feel like we always have to offer a solution and that's not always the case. Sometimes it's just about being an ear, um, like like in the article, listen hard um, to what they're
2: saying. I, I guess you could say I've been kind of empathic listening hard but not giving responses because honestly i don't know what to say i i i have the basic knowledge of empathy but i don't i mean i do practice it but i'm not a person that has to use it often um and actually what you said is really it impacted me it, like wow the the loop the the pre- yeah i love that loop that's a great loop and in some ways i can relate like the title of our podcast it's and it's kind of changed my views on some things um what is your basic definition of empathy and when should you use it uh, okay well i'm trying okay
4: <laughs> oh no, that's fine um again i think you could you know my my viewpoint, or my basic definition of empathy, would be the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes, uh, be able to understand them from their point of view, without bringing your own experiences and your points of view to the to bear on that. Um, doesn't mean that you don't get there at some point, but to truly empathize, you it, it is non judgmental listening, hearing what somebody has to say and trying to understand why they would be thinking, feeling, acting a certain way based on their experiences, not yours. That was beautiful, thank you. Thank you.
0: Um, I don't know, I'm thinking like, you know, as kids growing up, we are, I feel like we show the most empathy because that's when we're most judge free before there are certain boundaries put on what our parents tell us or their environment we're in. So how do you think, or do you think that the way we're kind of grown up as children can affect the empathy we have going into adulthood? Or can we grow in empathy over time? Or how do you think that?
4: I think it's like anything else. I mean, I th- do I think your your background, the way you're raised and all that stuff have an impact on you, the way you perceive the world and, and your viewpoints on things? Absolutely. Um, how could it not? Um, I think empathy is like any other skill. It has to be practiced. Um, I think it's something that you have to be conscientious about and recognize your opportunities to be empathic um, you know sometimes you know you're not always going to be practicing empathy when you're having a you know a normal conversation with your classmates or your friends right it's just a it's a back and forth exchange it's but recognizing when it's time for me to go okay whoa whoa it's getting it's getting a little heavy i need to back off and hear what's being said so like i said it's it's like any other it's like any other thing patience Um, We have to learn to practice patience. Um, Patience is not something that comes naturally to a lot of people. Um, And empathy is another one that I think it's just something that you have to be, number one, you have to be conscientious of what it is and then be ready and prepared to practice it. And sometimes that requires that we be intentional um, and that, you know, I'm just going to quiet myself right now so that I can hear what's going on. Maybe even in a situation where it doesn't require empathy. Um, but it's an opportunity to practice those skills of, of that of intent listening, um, active listening. Um, and then I think as you do that, yes, I think you can grow as an empathic person. I think you can become more and more empathic. Um, so practice, practice, practice. Uh-
1: with everything going on right now, do you have any advice for teens listening on how they can try and empathize with people without physically being there for a person?
4: Yeah, I think um, it's something that we're having to do almost daily, but it is just having to understand why they're, the situation that we're in scares people. Um, and so, And for a variety of reasons, it scares people. And so, you know, I, I have to, I'll, I'll, give an example from my own life. Um, I'm what, like, like it or not, I'm, I'm old. And so I'm on Facebook. Um, and that's not something that you guys probably, that's not a medium that you guys probably operate in. But when I hear people on there, oh, I can't believe so-and-so did such and such today, or they, they should be at home or, um, I can't, and on the flip side of that, I can't believe why people are staying at home. There's nothing, there's nothing going on you know the, everything's fine this is just the this is just some the media or whatever it is those are two very different and conflicting viewpoints and i have to remind myself that there's a reason why they feel the way they feel um it, either past experience or current situation um and so it's i have to remain non non-jud- judgmental as it relates to the things that people are posting i personally don't put things in social media that have relate to personal feelings. That's, that was a personal choice that I made. Um, But some people use it as their medium just to get their opinions out there. And so I have to be very cautious to not be uh, overly judgmental and maybe try to empathize. Gosh, why in the world would my friend say this Uh, before I just fire back a response? Oh, quit being an idiot. You know, the, the typical thing. So I think this time requires a tremendous amount of empathy um, because we got kids in Lee summit that don't have internet access. We've got kids in Lee summit that are having to um, watch siblings while parents are still working um, and aren't able to attend full scale time to doing the the virtual lessons that are going on. Um, You know, we talked about it earlier, but you know, if, if it comes down to, um, turning off the, the water and the electricity at home versus keeping the internet so I can do school, I can promise you they're probably not turning off the internet or not turning off the water and the heat. They're going to turn off the internet. They're going to shut down their cell phones. And so we think that, you know, because we live in Lee Summit and, you know, the the, the general feeling from the outside is that, you know, this is, you know, all, everybody who lives here is just well, very well off and has everything they need. We know that's not the case. Um, and so being empathic with our classmates, with others, um, with adults, um, who are struggling to get through this time, I think empathy is a very, very timely topic, given all the things that are going on in the world and all the situations that we find ourselves in with our, even with our neighbors, um, you know, people across the street, um, even though we live in the same neighborhood, we're not dealing with the same stuff, so,
3: Awesome. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Mr. Campbell. This was an amazing interview. Thank you for giving us a different look at empathy, especially when it comes to SRA, because sadly, I feel like even kids who go to West may not even understand the full scale and what SRA actually is. Um, so I really want to thank you for that. Um, yeah. And I want to thank you guys as well for coming in and asking Mr. Campbell questions. And yeah, thank hey, you, you. Guys
4: are, you guys are awesome. Um, keep up your work this is amazing and it, it's exactly what i said you, thank you so much you have the ability to impact people um and you're taking full advantage of that and i applaud you for that um so i know it's not it's not always comfortable to be interviewed and and to be have your face on camera, but you guys are awesome keep up the good work if there's ever anything i can do in the future don't hesitate to call or email i guess devin will email awesome thank you
3: so much thank you Thank you guys for tuning in, today we talked to Mr. Campbell a little bit about empathy and him working at SRA and how empathy affects his job and his everyday life and we asked a little bit about questions, he asked us some questions too. You've been listening to I Can Relate, a podcast for teens, about teens, by teens. I Can Relate is produced by FredCast Podcast Network and made possible by Lisa Cares. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.